Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Synergy Cast. I'm your host, Sonia Joffer. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'm so excited to introduce you all to one of my childhood friends, Kashisha Lee, who joins me today for a conversation where we open up about our personal views when it comes to love and relationships and all that good stuff. Uh, We also talk about how being first generation and South Asian impacts our views on it. We also share our thoughts on how we personally try to break the cycle when it comes to changing stereotypical ideas and values that are often imposed on us women by society and our culture. If you want to check out Kashish on social media, you can do so on Instagram at digital.cash, Twitter at digitalcash, and she's also on Facebook as Kashish Ali. Also, at the end of our episode, we mentioned how mutual aids are doing some amazing work right now. So feel free to check out some of the mutual aids that are in the episode notes. There's a few that are based in Atlanta and also some based in Chicago. So if you're willing and able, please consider donating any amount of money you can to any of these mutual aids or any other mutual aids that might be in your local area. Because like I said, they're doing some amazing work and could really use the help. All right, everyone, that's it for the intro. I hope you all enjoy listening to the episode because Kashish and I both really enjoyed recording this episode. It was a lot of fun. So I hope y'all enjoy listening. So welcome to the show, Kashish. I'm so happy to have you here. And I'm just really excited to have this conversation with you. So thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is my first time doing anything like this. So I'm excited to share it with you. Of course. Um, So basically, Kashish and I know each other. We're I would say we're like childhood friends. Yeah, um, at this point, we're getting old. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, so Kashish also identifies as being a part of the Ismaili Muslim community. So that's how we know each other. Um, she lives in Georgia. Um, mm-hmm. I think like outside of the city of Atlanta. Yeah, just a little bit outside in Johns Creek with my family. But I'm in, I work in Atlanta. Just it's all Atlanta at this point. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We met at the summer camp, Camp Mosaic. Um, mm-hmm. That's a part of our religious community. Uh, when we were, I, I think I was like 14 or 15. Maybe. No, you were older. I think you were maybe a junior in, in high school. That's true. Yeah. I think I was, yeah, you're right. You're right. I was like, yeah, 16, 17. Yeah. And I was going into my junior year of college. So that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah so exactly. long ago, but I like remember it so well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels like that was like a whole nother era ago sometimes. It, it was, it was. You know, do you ever read those tweets and it was like, if you met me five minutes ago, no, you didn't. Or if you knew <laughs> me five minutes ago, no, you didn't. Like we're always changing. <laughs> that's so true. That's so true. Um, so yeah, that's a little just background about how we know each other. But what else would you like to share about yourself to the listeners? Yeah. Um, so I'm Kashish. I am a first generation Pakistani American woman, um, older sibling, which I feel like tells a lot about a person. Um, I'm a Pisces, which I think also tells a lot about me. Um, yeah, I'm working in the advertising industry, which has been so fun, so wild. Never thought I'd be there, but here I am. 
Um, and yeah, I just, I'm excited to have this conversation from the heart. And also all these views are obviously like my own and my own opinions and my experiences. So they're this way for me and might be different for you and anyone else. So just here to talk and chit chat. Exactly. Yeah, no, thank you for introducing yourself. I love that you're a Pisces. Like, I feel like that makes so much sense, like why we get along so well. Because yeah. um, I'm all, my moon sign is in Pisces. So like my emotions are very much like that water sign. Mm-hmm. Um, and like very like in tune with like emotions and like other people's emotions, like picking up on that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I'm excited to have this conversation too. I know we're going to have like a pretty like fun Um, but also necessary conversation about like relationships and what that's like being first generation. We both identify as that and also being Pakistani, um, Indian American as well. So I just want to start off by asking you just in general, what do you personally look for in a partner? I think as I grow older, obviously this answer just changes because maybe preferences change or maybe priorities change or whatever. Cause if you asked me like 10 years ago, I'd be like, he has to be funny. And I'd be like, okay, so what, how far is that going to get you? Um, but obviously humor is like a really big part of my life. But now when I just reflect on, you know, a relationship and a partner, I genuinely just look for friendship first like can I be friends with this person or am I only just like attracted to him and can see him as a partner you know what I mean so I think friendship first is just so important to me um and then also he can't be a picky eater because (laughs) I love to eat um and if he is a picky eater okay gotta be open-minded and trying new things you know so I think they all go kind of hand in hand Um, but I think the number one thing is just respect, um, across the board. So like self-respect, like cares about himself, takes care of himself. And then also respect for everything and everyone around him. Um, so I think that those things just all kind of shape the type of person that I would want to like pursue or like share life with. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's like, as I grow older, it's just like, we should just have fundamental common ground. Like we should see the world similarly. Obviously it can't be the same because we're two different people, but if we don't see the world similarly, there's just going to be so many problems. (laughs) Like even another thing on like Twitter and Instagram and stuff. And it's like, yeah, we can have differences, but not about racism. Like we can disagree on pizza toppings, but like not on basic human rights, you know? So I think that has a lot to do with what I look for. Um, even just in the people that I keep around me, you know? Um, so yeah, just a little bit. What about you? What do you look for? Yeah. (laughs) I love the answer that you gave. I think that pretty much like hits the nail on the head for me too. Like I have learned a lot in my, uh, short, a lifetime of 25 years um but it was it's a pretty long time that I've been alive too so I've learned a thing or two about relationships and for me it was pretty much like I just learned as I went it was kind of like trial by error because mm-hmm. 
I didn't have like a role model for what like a healthy relationship should be like growing up. Um, so I kind of just had to teach myself in some ways, but also like I had some like friends and also relatives of mine or, or like aunts and uncles that had good relationships. So I just like took little by little from what I had around me um, and then tried to like piece together what that would look like. But it was really hard because like I had to I had to rely on mostly like the older kids around me, um, which I had a lot of because my brother is like around the same age as you. So like I was hanging around with that crowd a lot. So like I really relied on them a lot for guidance. Like I remember asking one of our family friends who's like uh, your age, my brother's age. And I was just like, how do you like kiss somebody? Like, just how does that? And I was like in middle school and she just like, she was like, well, you do this, you do this. <laughs> so I just kind of like, um, just took what I can from people. And then through my own relationships too, I've learned like what not to look for. Um, Cause I've been in some unhealthy relationships. Um, but now uh, I think I, I, I am in a healthy one. So like what I've learned is like what you mentioned, just like those core values are so important. And like for me, I'm a Taurus, so we're very stubborn, um, which can, you know, which can bite us in the butt sometimes. But also it really helps me because I'm really stubborn with my core values. Like I will not move from those. Like I'm a very flexible person. I can, you know, be open-minded, but like with those core values, like human rights, like my partner has to see human rights as important as I do, because I'm very vocal about that. That's like a part of my life. So yeah, I think exactly what you mentioned, I feel the same. Yeah. Yeah. And I think something that I'm just struggling with in general is like, because I see myself and identify myself as like a patient person when am I being patient and when am I getting taken advantage of? Like, where is the line in that? And that's something that is obviously case by case, right? Situation by situation. And it varies from everything in every moment. But I think it's so important to always just take a step back and be like, am I getting taken advantage of? Or am I being patient? Am I not being patient enough? Like, what is it? You know? So I don't know. It's just life. (laughs) (laughs) exactly no I really like that you said that because like you from what I have known from you like you are such a patient person you are such a loving person you have a lot of love to give to other people and I get along with you well because I also am the same way like I'm an empath I'm like a lover I'm like a hopeless romantic like I will bend over backwards for people in my life um But, you know, that doesn't serve me when the people around me don't match that same energy or reflect my same core values. So that's something that I've learned that line that you're talking about. Where is that line? I've had to learn that. Um, And I think for me, the biggest thing telling factor was how do I feel in my body just like physically, but also like mentally and spiritually and emotionally? How do I feel? when I'm around certain people and if I feel like tense or like if I feel like oh I have to filter myself or like I can't really be myself um 
then it's then that's a really big sign for me that like okay maybe this person is not somebody that I should be keeping around all the time yeah and that's actually another thing you reminded me that's another thing on my list um and I don't tend to make lists for people but it's like general you know ideas of what I would want um but energy yeah like you we have guts for a reason. We have instincts for a reason. We pick up energy for a reason. And it's like, if you're ignoring all of that, then what's the point? You know, like, what are you doing? And it's always like, oh, I wish someone would send me a sign. And it's like all these signs. So many signs. And we just ignore them all day long because we're like, it's okay. (laughs) They'll come around and it's like, hmm. Will they? Will they not? I don't know. Um, but energy is so important. Like you can't see it. You can only feel it and you got to be able to feel it and you got to like listen to it. And it's also up and down. Like if it's consistent, then like, hello, there's your sign, you know? Exactly. Yeah. You're right. There's like so many signs that the universe, I believe in signs too. There's so many signs the universe sends us, but like a lot of times for me, like I wouldn't catch those because I wouldn't think those were signs. But then like when I take a step back, I'm like, oh my God, I was being sent all these signs. (laughs) And then like, it would get so blatant too, to the point where the universe basically was like, I cannot get any more clear than this. So I hope she understands this. Like I remember um in my last relationship when I was you know coming to the terms of ending things I was just getting flooded on Instagram of like all these memes that would just show up on my feed or like all these like little quotes that would show up Mm -hmm. and they all had to do with like my personal experience at that time and they were so spot on that I was like okay there's no way that the last 10 quotes that I just read on Instagram randomly all had to do with my situation. So I was like, okay, I I hear you. Like, this is pretty loud and clear. Yeah. What's so crazy about that is that there is some stranger out in the world that's literally going through the same thing you're going through or something similar, which is so bizarre to me. Like I'll come across those things on Instagram too. And I'm like, dang, like, I thought only I felt like that. And it's like, no, everyone's feeling some type of way. Always. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. It's like that feeling that it reminds you that you're not alone. Exactly. And like, this is a human experience. Like it's human to experience these things and live through these things. And like, especially like first generations out there, Um, you know, also people that are South Asian as well, like they also go through some similar experiences that we do too. And that's like a big thing that I've had to remind myself constantly is like, I'm not alone Mm -hmm. because like in the first, in majority of my life, I just thought I was alone in what I was, I was so unique in my experience that it was isolating. Like I isolated myself on this little beautiful island and the island was beautiful but like I was alone Mm -hmm. and so once I started reminding myself that like there's people out there that go through what I'm going through and that this human experience can actually connect me with others instead of isolating me from others Mm -hmm. that was like very healing for me yeah absolutely absolutely yeah yeah Yeah. Um, And I know in our culture specifically, there is so much pressure to get engaged, 
to get married. Um, I know that just specifically within the last few months because of COVID and everything, I have seen a surge in engagements and weddings, and that is beautiful to see, but also um, there is this pressure from our relatives, especially from our elders. So what are some of your thoughts and experiences on this pressure that, that we feel? Yeah, so I'll just disclose my age. <laughs> I'm 27, okay? And so when I look at 27, I'm like, um, okay, like I've never been one to like put myself on a timeline. Like I was never one of those girls, which is like fine if you are, obviously everyone's different. But I personally was never one of those girls that was like, I'm gonna be married by 23, two kids by 25, like whatever. And it's like, if I think back, like I'm 27 and I have none of those things. And like, does that determine my success for me? No, you know? And then I think back to my mom, she got married at 22. By the time she was my age, she had two toddlers to take care of, you know? And it's like, what? I could never see myself in that way right now. And it's, it's just, the world, life, people, everything is constantly changing. So like the way things even were five years ago are different the way that they are now. Even the way things were last month are different than the way they are now. And it's like our society puts so much pressure on everyone constantly of rules that are literally made up by dead people. Like these people don't exist anymore. And it's like, you've just continued these traditions and they might work for some, they might not work for others. But I think the bottom line is you got to keep an open mind and not everyone's on the same wave. Like if you're not ready to get married, like I am, do not get married. Like if you are ready, get married, like go crazy, you know? And it's like, that's something that I'm really glad that I'm able to kind of wrap my head around because my grandparents constantly are like, so kashish, when are we going to get you married? Like, when am I going to get to go to the party? And I'm like, oh, if it's a party year worried about let's throw a party <laughs> like let's have a party if you want to have a party i'm down like we all have birthdays to celebrate like but i'm not about to get into this legal binding forever thing with someone that i'm not sure about and i can't have someone giving me and putting that pressure on me when i'm just not ready you know and i think another thing is when I think about, you know, what my grandparents view success as for a woman versus a man, like a successful woman may look like, oh, she's married, takes care of the kids, has like a great home, knows how to cook, makes roti, like whatever. But it's like, I don't view, uh, that's great. That's great. Like, please, by all means. But for me, success is like my career, my craft, my passions, like being well-traveled, being well-versed, like understanding people, building relationships, having these like forever connections and keeping those healthy and strong. Like that's success for me. Um, and I think that just, it just varies from person to person. And you can't just put a blanket statement. You got to be married. If you're a woman, you got to be married before you're 30 or you're not successful that's like not okay, you know? And some people may never get married and that's okay. And sometimes I see myself as that and it's like, maybe I'll just never get married and I'll, but I'll be like, 
a leader somewhere, like a CEO or an owner or whatever of something that I'm passionate about and I love what I do. And it's like, I'm not going to be miserable in a miserable relationship just so my grandparents can go to a party. I will throw them a party. (laughs) Um, But I think a lot of people are just under that pressure and kind of get lost in all of that and don't reflect on what they truly want. And I think that's the most important thing to get out of all of this is like, what do you really want? And if you don't know, that's okay. Cause like you got time to figure it out. There's no rush. Um, and if it is what you want, then do it. You know, I think that's just like, uh, and it's such a hard thing to talk to parents, grandparents, great grandparents, anybody about, because it's like, all they want to do is see you get married. Cause that's all they know, you know? And like, I lost my grandma recently in March and she always, every time she came to me in Jamaat Kana or, you know, when I go to her house or whatever, she would always say, na 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 ver, choto choto, moto moto gur, which is like, I hope you have like a cute little husband in a big, big house, you know? <laughs> and it's like, that's great. But what about like my career? What about <laughs> what I want to do? What about my passions? You know, it's like, I'm, I don't dream about a big, big house. First of all, I don't want a big house. Like I want a little house, cute, little humble abode. And I want a tall husband. Like what? I want a cute little husband. <laughs> but I would always joke around with her. And, you know, I, I obviously am really sad that she never got to see what she wanted, but she also did get to see me you know, get college educated, you know, you know, travel a little bit. I went to school in DC, make all these relationships. I have had so much cool work experience, which is like also so much that just tells so much success, you know? Um, But I think we tend to just feel all this pressure because it's all they know and it's all that they've experienced. But Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. And I appreciate you bringing up um, the, the points that you brought up. I think they're all like super important, especially like the fact that success is looks so different to everybody. Like even with like my brother and I, like what I define as successful will look different to him, you know? Um, so I think that's a really important point that you brought up that it's so subjective. And I think that with our culture specifically, um, and you mentioned like how your culture plays a role in this pressure as well. And I think also like for our South Asian culture specifically, there is such an emphasis on the community and like the family over the autonomy of the individual mm-hmm. that, which is beautiful. Like our culture is so beautiful because of those community values. Um, which is very the opposite of Western values is Western values are like, oh, I'm gonna do me, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think you need to have a balance between the two because if you get too much on the community aspect, then you lose yourself. You lose, I am an individual person. Things might look a little bit different for me. You lose that or you don't get to honor that because you're like, okay, I may want this, but you know, my parents want this. So am I just going to have to, I'm just going to have to go with that, you know? Um, So to like find that balance, like what we were talking about, like where is that line between doing something for me, but also, you know, taking into account my family and what they want. Yeah. um, Yeah. I think that's another challenge that we have as first generation. 
Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I think our experiences are so unique where, you know, our parents sacrificed everything to get here, right? Mm -hmm. They put everything on the line for a better life for us. Mm -hmm. So the least we can do is what they want us to do. That's like a permanent, huge decision. Like I've come to this realization kind of recently. I mean, for a long time, I've, I've realized that at the end of the day, your parents are just people, right? Like they make mistakes, they're figuring it out. They're learning as you're learning. And then to take it even a step further, I've realized like sometimes family can be toxic, Mm -hmm. which is so crazy to me because I would never be like, oh, my family's toxic because I don't, I don't think that, but I do think that sometimes there are tendencies that happen and situations that happen where I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I'm like not okay in this situation. Like I feel like I'm in a toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. Am I being heard? Am I be, are they listening to me? Are they listening to my needs? Are they listening to what I want? You know? And it's like, is it all just them, them, them? Like, is it, am I just not even in the picture or a part of the decision when it's something about my life and my future, you know? So I think it's just so hard to come to that realization that sometimes like the people we love can treat us this way. Um, And sometimes they're just really looking out for what they think they want. And they may just not even know. Cause I even, sometimes I'm like so blunt with my family. Cause they're like, Kashish, when are you going to get married? And I'm like, I don't know, but do you want me to be divorced? Cause I'm not sure yet, you know? And it's like, yeah, you're going to, see me get married, but then what about if it doesn't work out? Like, why are you rushing it? You know? And then that really shuts them up. Cause then they're like, Oh yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and they're like, okay, okay. You let us know. You let us know. And I'm like, okay, thank you. But I don't think, um, you know, a lot of people don't have the courage to speak up to them and have these difficult conversations and, you know, feel uncomfortable doing them. But it's like the only way you will learn is when you're in those uncomfortable situations like nothing in life is easy and it shouldn't be because then what's the point like you just become complacent you're like all right I'm okay with it I'm okay with it and it's like no come on push yourself like what do you want you know um but yeah I don't know I think things are just always changing they're always changing and as people like even when you think about technology right always advancing, thinking about just the next best thing, always like, we're not the same people we were five minutes ago. Cause we're always changing. And it's like, you got to keep that open mind, but then you also have to help teach your parents and their parents to keep an open mind because zamana badogiahe, you know, like shit is different now. Like yeah. things are always changing. And I always, I love saying that to them because they're like, Oh yeah, you're right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's really tough. It's really tough. Just being a woman, being a woman of color, being an older, not older, like I'm in my late twenties now, but it's, it's just hard, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I appreciate you like sharing some of your personal experiences and some of the challenges that you face. Cause like, that's real. 
Like, and I, um, I'm also, you know, going back to me being a Taurus, I'm very stubborn. So mm -hmm. I can relate to me always like calling my parents out when, uh, when they say certain things that I, you know, that make me feel uncomfortable, I find problematic. Um, and I think that's, um, that's because I always tell my parents too, it's like, I'm honoring because they always bring up the oh like we made all these sacrifices and like you could at least do this like you brought up and then that like guilt tripping is like had such a big impact on my mental health because I am such a loving person that when I like when I feel guilted into something it really messes with my mental health yeah. um, so something that I've had to learn and like now I communicate to my parents when they bring this up I'm like, listen, like, I acknowledge the sacrifices you all made. I have so much respect for that. I have so much gratitude for that. Like, I will always have gratitude for that. Mm -hmm. But in honoring your sacrifices, I am living my own life. Because like, my mom tells me like, my mom was engaged by 19. She only dated one man her whole life, which was mm -hmm. my dad. And yeah. so it's like, you know, in honoring the sacrifices they made, I am going out and dating and like finding different options and figuring out what works for me. And like, I am having my own career and my own life and taking my 20s to do that because like, my mom never got to do that. So like, I always sit my mom down and I like reframe it that way. Mm -hmm. And then when I put it in that context, then she's like, Oh, yeah, you know what, like, she lives vicariously through me because she never yeah. got to do these things. So exactly. um, I think that's important is like, it takes a lot of energy and effort to have those conversations with your family. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes we need to put up boundaries because we don't have that energy, which mm -hmm. is okay. But when we do have those moments, I think those are really precious too. Yeah. And that's another thing that I was thinking about um, recently. And it's, you know, our families are always like, I moved here so you could have a better life. But like, I don't know if they've ever taken the time to define what a better life is and means. Because I think for a better life for me includes, you know, higher education, more opportunities, independence, freedom, all these things terrify my family. An independent, self-sufficient woman that doesn't need a man is so scary to my parents, but that's me. I am literally a product of them moving here for a better life. Like that's what a better life is. And I think it's so, such an easy answer for them to be like, I moved here for a better life for you. And it's like, I'm literally living it. Like I'm doing it. Like I am here arguing with you or, you know, debating or having these conversations and like sparking all these things and educating you because you provided this better life for me. So that means like you have to work with me, you know, and it's, you're not going to see eye to eye because I'm not going to be complacent and just do the things you did because then that's not a better life. It's the same life, you know? So it's like, I don't think people ever take the time to think about what a better life means because it does not mean just money. Like it's not just like monetary capital and opportunities. Like it's not that it's so much more, you know? And I think back to my experiences moving to DC, I didn't know a single person. The only person I knew was studying abroad in Paris that first semester. So I'm like, I'm here all alone in a city where I don't know anyone, but that experience was a better life. 
but that experience terrified my family. Like when I came back to, and I was like, so like progressive and had all these like ideas and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Cause my parents like were in the South. Right. And it is like stereotypical, but I mean, I was the only Brown girl in my whole high school, elementary school, a couple here and there, but like, I grew up in a very white, wealthy, like, thank you. Thank you. Like, I'm very grateful, but like very white bubble. Um, And then I experienced just like a huge amount of like a culture change and so much diversity and so many just like ideas and whatever. And I came back and they're like, what, who are you? And I'm like, I'm literally living a better life, the better life that you wanted me to live. And it's terrifying to them because they don't know what it means and what it is and what it looks like. Um, But yeah. It's, it's just so interesting because I always, I hear the better life all day long and it's like, it's different for everybody, Exactly. you know? Yeah, exactly. And I, that reminds me of like the concepts of surviving versus mm-hmm. thriving. Mm-hmm. And I think our parents and their parents and pretty much like, I think it's safe to say like our entire ancestry basically had to survive and just think about like fight or flight. Like, what am I going to do to just keep going, keep myself alive, keep my kids alive, keep this, you know, generate the next generation alive. Like they were constantly in survival mode and that pretty much like stopped with our parents because when, because of their sacrifices, we didn't have to go through that. We didn't have to go through that survival mode, like we were in thriving mode, you know, and that's like, I think that's what you're speaking to. Like, that's why it scares our parents, because like, they don't know what it's like to thrive. And so when they see that, it's like, whoa, what is what is this foreign concept, you know? Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. And that's like, where our, our privilege comes in too. like, we're privileged to do all these things. And it's like, I'll never take it for granted, but then I'm also never going to be complacent. Like, I'm not going to just do the bare minimum. Like I'm going to take it to the next level and do as much as I possibly can. And maybe that's scary to them because they don't, they just don't know what it looks like. And it, they'll never know until you have these conversations and have these experiences and taking the time to learn and grow together because that's essentially what life is at the end of the day, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And it's beautiful to see like your parents slowly, you know, get more used to or more comfortable with these ideas. Cause like I do this thing where I like micro, I give my parents like little micro doses of like my progressive ideas. And so I'll just be like, um, here's this little nugget. Let's see how y'all like, and then they like freak out. And then we're like, sit with that for a little bit for like a few months but and then then after that resides I'm like okay this is normalized now let me let me drop a little new thing in there you know yeah. so like slowly to see the shifts in them as well um my parents realizing certain things like with my mom for the longest time I was trying to convince her that it's okay if she goes out and does things without my dad like I'm like you can go out to eat sushi with your friends and that's okay and she would be like what no like I'm sorry that does not compute and I'm finally now she's like I see her out getting like or before COVID like she was out like 
getting lunch, um, you know, with her friends. Like she would just go on little dates with her friends to the park and just walk around and they would like sing songs and stuff. And it's just like, I love to see you thriving now because you sacrificed so much so that you could have this. Um, and I feel like sometimes our parents, like even now that they don't have to survive anymore, they don't realize that they're still stuck in survival mode, even though they don't have to anymore. And so to see them like kind of break out of that, it's beautiful too. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love that. I love that. And I also have told my mom so many times that she does not need my dad or my dad's permission for shit. Like you do not, you don't need a man's permission for anything. You know, obviously in a marriage, there are some certain decisions that you need to both be on the same page on and you need to have those conversations, but, and one person shouldn't just be making a decision for the other, but also like, I don't know, like the sense of independence that women in our generation are teaching our mothers is like the best thing ever. It is amazing. And even with my nanny, like I will talk to her and I'll be like, you want to do this? Let's go do this. Like, we don't need Nana. Like he can stay home. Like, you know, (laughs) and like, I think back to like what the things that I want to do and, um, just in general, like if I want to do something, I'm not going to wait around for someone to do them with me. Cause then I'll be waiting around all day or I may not, but I shouldn't have to wait at all. If I know what I want to do, like in the simplest terms, if there's a restaurant I've been wanting to try, am I going to wait around for someone to ask me out on a date and take me there? No. Like, am I going to ask someone else? Maybe. Am I just going to go order takeout and try it for myself and see if it's good first? Probably, <laughs> you know? And it's like, if you want to do something, you got to do it because you can't wait around for someone to do them with you. Um, and I, it's, it takes a long time and it takes practice to be comfortable with your own company by yourself out in the wild. But, you know, I think DC really taught me that because so many people are just like on their own, just going to and from work or to and from wherever. And it's like, so many people are just by themselves. And it's just such a beautiful lesson to learn that you don't need someone else to do the things you want to do and to live the most like fulfilling life. Um, obviously life is so much sweeter when you share it with someone. Cause that's how I see it. Cause I love to share in general, but it's not make or break for me. Like I don't need it. I want it of course. Like who doesn't, you know, and maybe you don't, maybe you do whatever, but it's like, it's not going to determine my happiness you know, like it'll be the cherry on top, but it won't determine everything. Um, but yeah. And I think that's just such an important lesson for all women and men and everyone to learn that you don't need anyone else. You got yourself and you're the most consistent person in your life. You know, not even your parents or your siblings or cousins or whomever, your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. They're not even the most consistent people in your life. You know, like you can't, they're not, it's not guaranteed ever. You know, it's just like us. <laughs> yeah. But definitely. I, I love that so much. I really, really love that message. Like, honestly, like, I think there is a lot of codependency, especially in our culture, like what we're speaking on, like, just the fact that, like, our moms, like, couldn't fathom doing 
things like fun things without like their partners you know like that's codependency right there and like to have you know that time for yourself where you do get to like sit with yourself like even if it's just like for half an hour or an hour every day where you just go off and do your own thing for a little bit or like just go for a walk or something like to have that alone time is so crucial because like in my experience I've also been in a lot of codependent relationships and then now that I'm in a long distance relationship I'm like whoa like I'm being for and now it's quarantine so I'm literally the universe is forcing me to sit with myself because I've never done that I've always just been around people all the time um and so this has really taught me that like sitting with myself learning how to love myself and be at peace with being alone has actually helped me learn how to love others better wow yeah oh i just got like goosebumps (laughs) (laughs) i love that i love that and i i think you know life just moves so quickly everyone is always just like I mean, as much as we're in thriving mode, we're also in survival mode sometimes because it's like, I mean, our basic human rights are at, you know, risk right now. And it's like, if you're involved in all of that, or if you're having to kind of fight for your life, like there's no, you don't have a moment to kind of just reflect and sit. But I think finding those moments and putting effort into those moments are just so important. Because as much as I am an extrovert, I think I'm I've become more introverted and I need alone time to recharge so I can go back into the world and have to socialize. But it's just so interesting because we're always changing, you know? And I think that's like the main thing that I've learned through all my experiences so far. And it's like, you have to be open to change because if you're not, you're only going to struggle more because then you're going to think so long, like, why is it changing? Like it's a, it was always supposed to just be like this. And instead of taking that energy and just using it there, just embracing the change and then moving forward, you know, like you skip a whole section of like all this energy you put into why, why, why. And then you just get to enjoy the ride for the rest of like whatever it turns into. Um, And I was reading something recently and it was just like, at the end of the day, just be open-minded to change, be accepting to change because it's always, things are always changing. Um, And that's a good thing because if we were all just the same all the time, like that's so boring. (laughs) But yeah, it's just such, it's so wild. Like sometimes I just sit with my thoughts and I'm like, dude, this world is crazy. Like the other day, this is so random, but I was like, dang, like social media really has us scrolling vertically and horizontally. Oh no. Like, because you know, before it's just like this, but now it's just like this too. And I'm like, they have taken over our whole screen, like every every like thing. I don't know, just wild. Yeah, no, that's yeah. I didn't even realize that, like with social media. But there's like so much there too, with like isolation as well. Like people, people with social media like can be so connected, but also it can be very isolating at the same time. So it's like very important to set up boundaries. I'm learning now, like around my social media. I like there are days where I will literally just be like, okay, I'm just not going to like go on or just you know limit my use of it. Um, and try to just really like use it only as a tool because it can be used as a tool to like spread awareness and stuff, but also like 
yeah, it can, it can impact your mental health real, real quick. So um, yeah, definitely important to do that. And I think in a relationship, sometimes we seek validation from others and sometimes we tend to post things to see like what other people think when it, that doesn't even matter. Their validation has nothing to do with your relationship. Their validation should have nothing to do with your happiness. And I'm guilty of it too. Cause it's like, I used to post things and I'd be like, Oh, I wonder like what they think. And it's like, uh, it's so, that's so toxic for me to think that way. Cause it's like, if they think in a negative way, is that going to impact me negatively right. just because of like what they think when it, they have nothing to do with it? It's, it's just so crazy to me that, you know, we get so lost in these ideas of what other people think. And it's, it goes back to like what your family thinks too, what your parents think, grandparents, like all this stuff. And it's like, at the end of the day, these big decisions are just about what you think and what your partner may think, you know, it shouldn't, anyone else's opinions and ideas should have nothing to do with it. Even though it's a cultural thing, like it is a big cultural thing where like, I feel like um, a really big scary thing is like your mother-in-law is like super scary, you know? And it's like, there's tons of like Pakistani and Indian dramas that are literally the plot is an evil mother-in-law. And I'm like, how toxic are we? (laughs) So bad. And, but this is people's real lives. Like, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, when you marry someone, you don't just marry them, you marry their family. And because we're such like a community-based cultural, you know, situation where we're like, yeah, that's true. Like you do, but it's still up to you and you have to set those boundaries and you have to be like, okay, does my partner respect me enough and has my back enough to like take this journey of an evil mother-in-law with me. Like that's his mom. Like if that's a product, if he's a product of that, then I'm scared of him too. (laughs) But it's like just all these things to think about because I was talking to some of my friends recently and they're genuinely terrified of their mother-in-laws and what that's going to look like. And it's it's also scary because in our culture, when the girl gets married, like they're essentially sending you off to be with another, like, you're not their daughter anymore. It's like kind of weird. And that's just like traditional stuff. And it's like, I don't want that. Like, those are my parents forever. And that's just how it's going to be. And like, these rules are made by dead people. Like these people that made up these rules are not alive anymore. So you do not need to like worry about them. But it's just all such like a trip to me that like, these things and these types of people exist, which I mean, they do, but at the end of the day, you got to figure out, like, you got to have your own back. Your partner, if you have one, has to have your back. And like, that's it, you know? Because everything else, I mean, there's so many struggles. There's so many. (laughs) So scary. But yeah, I think like what you mentioned about like, um, how your partner and you have to be like on the same team that is something it's like so crazy how you mentioned that because I literally was having a conversation with my partner yesterday about this like we were both talking about like how I was like babe like I want to marry you I want to start a life with you I want to build a home with you but like I don't think I want to change my last name and like 
maybe in the maybe I'll change my mind about that but like as of now like I'm Sonia Joffer like I have a lot of pride in my name like that's my identity I've built for myself so it's like I don't like the idea of being expected to change my name just because I'm a woman and that's supposed to be my quote-unquote role um and so like we were talking about that and he was like okay um but I just see my family pushing back with that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, well, you're going to have to have to advocate for me. Yeah. Um, and so we basically made a plan together. And there's some things where my family has pushed back um, on certain things, but I've advocated for him too and been like, wait, no, stop. That's a toxic thing that you're saying. And uh, let's not let this thing like overshadow everything else, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, we basically just sat down and made a plan of like how we're going to advocate for one another with our own families, um, which I think is like super important. And like, we're both first generation South Asian. So I think that like ties into what we're talking about too. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, there's some little things like that, right? So it's like, if you change your last name or you don't, that's not going to change you as a person. It's just going to change how you sign your checks. You know what I mean? Like that's what it's going to be. It's just going to be such a little detail, but you are who you are at the core and you, that's not going to change you. So like, as long as someone can understand that and, you know, respect you for your decision, that's what you would want. You know what I mean? And it's like, of course, tell me how you feel and tell me your side and tell me your perspective. But it's like, this is a decision that's going to solely depend on like me and it's my name and, you know, my choice. (laughs) So, um, but no, I, I hear that all the time too. And I, there was one girl that I talked to and I really liked this idea where it was like, okay, I'm not going to change my last name right away, but once I've been with you, married with you, as long as I've been, you know, not alive, but like, so suppose I get married at 25. Once I've been married to you for 25 years, then I'll change my last name, you know? So it's like, as long as I've been married for you longer than I've been my other last name, then I'll change it or something, you know, there's always compromise and there's always like a decision that can be made. So I like that you guys made a plan and I like that you guys are going to go separately, talk to your families and like have each other's backs because that's just so important. And you can't just be like, Oh, my mom said so my dad said so like five years old, like no, you're an adult now. (laughs) My mom told me I can't come over. Okay. Then go home. Like (laughs) let's stay home. Uh, But you know, it's just all about compromise and it's all about respecting each other and making that effort to make a plan. Exactly. That's just what it is at the end of the day. Like it is, it is tough because there are tough decisions and tough conversations to be had. But at the end of the day, it's so simple. Like if you love someone enough, also love is not enough. Like there's so much more that has to go into a relationship. Yeah. You love someone, but do you respect them? Do you value their opinions? Do you value their values, you know, and it's like all these things, but it's like, if y'all are on the same wave, you're good. Just got to get there. Exactly. Yeah. And I like how you said, like, you're on the same team. Like that's something that, um, cause we go to couples therapy. We've been to couples therapy a few times, which I think is very healthy, by the way. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually unhealthy not to 
not to go to couples therapy or to wait until shit hits the fan to then go to therapy. Yeah. Um, I think it's actually healthy to go once in a while and kind of like gather the tools necessary. So when big problems do arise, you have those tools already and those plans already laid out. Mm -hmm. um, but like the number one thing our therapist tells us is like, y'all are on the same team. Like life ha will throw so many hurdles your way. Mm -hmm. So if you are already fighting against those challenges that life is throwing at you, and then you're also fighting against each other, that's good. You're going to burn out. You're going to get exhausted. This is not going to work. You need to constantly remember and remind yourselves that we are on the same team and together we will fight whatever life throws our way. And so to always like reframe that, because it's very easy, like when life throws a big hurdle your way to just like start attacking each other, because like what's underlying that you both are feeling that struggle. So then let's like take a step back and be like, why are we fighting? Oh, it's because we're both feeling this. Okay, now let's both like be a team and attack this together. So I like how you mentioned that too. Yeah. And I think also that just has to go with choices and we have the privilege of making these choices. I feel like in life, there's so many things where you don't have a say, like you can't do anything about it. It's out of your control, but things like this are in your control. Like you have the option to choose and you have the ability to make a decision. And it's like, you got to take advantage of that. You know, there's so many things you can't control. Um, and there's so many tough times that people will face regardless of what, you know, you know and don't know. So much happens behind closed doors. But your partner and obviously you yourself, like you have to have each other's backs no matter what through the whole thing. You know, they say like through weakness and health and all these things. And it's like, it's like very true. Like those are very true words, you know? So, but I think it's just important that in life when you don't, in all the times where you don't have choices and they're out of your control, like you gotta make the ones and take advantage of the ones where you do. Exactly. Yeah. So like, that's like something that has been all the things that like you're bringing up, everything we're talking about so relevant mm -hmm. um me personally as well and so i think it's just like another one of those things where like the universe is like bringing us together to have this conversation at this mm -hmm. point in time we've been talking as well about what are the things that we can't control in life and what are the things that we do have control over and let's find the line between that and work with what we do have control over because it's so easy to get caught up in like all the things that are out of your control that you forget that you do have some powers where you do have some control over certain things and like how you can maneuver with that. So I think that's such like a beautiful nugget of wisdom. And I'm like, I'm so happy that you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's just like, it's very easy to feel helpless. And I feel this way all the time. I'm like, oh, everything sucks. Like, I'm so sad, all this, all that. But it's like, okay, what's one thing I can change today? Like, what's one thing I can do for myself today? Like, even if it's little, even if it's literally reading a page, one page of a book that I've been wanting to read, or whether it's cooking myself a meal or whatever, 
all those things kind of add up and they give you a sense of control and of back of control of your life. You know, when you're feeling so helpless and you're like, okay, I'm going to do some skincare today. Like I'm going to take care of myself in a certain way. I'm going to like drink some water. I'm going to do this. And it's like all these little things, they're so little, but they just add to a bigger picture and they give you that sense of like, okay, I'm okay. Like I am okay, you know? Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just life will take you to so many different places. And for the most part, can't plan for them, can't control them, can't do anything. You just got to live them like moment by moment. Like you never know. I, right now in my life, people are either breaking up, like I've experienced, and it might just be because of like quarantine. Like we, we aren't meant to spend this much time in the house, you know, like, and if you want to, of course, please do. But obviously right now, like we, it is not safe to leave. So please like stay home. But as humans, we're not meant to like spend this much time in a confined space with whomever you're living with, you know, and that tends to just fizzle out or, you know, burn brighter, whatever. But it's like people, so many people in my life right now are either breaking up after like many years getting married after many years of being together or not that long together or having babies. And it's like, I am hit with all those things. And I'm like, dang, like, what am I doing? (laughs) What am I doing with my life? But then I think about like, I love my job. Like I have a healthy family at home. Like I think about all the things that I do have versus me comparing myself to my timeline, which like shouldn't even exist, right? Like it's literally, it doesn't exist in the air. Um, And I just reflect on all the things that I do have control over and that I do have in my life and that I can do. And it's like, it just helps me reground myself, you know? And it's like, yeah, I'm not where I want to be romantically, but that's okay because I'm not in a rush either. I've never been in a rush and I'm not going to force it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, everyone's different and everyone's experience is different and it will always be different, but it's just really interesting to take time to reflect. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And like, maybe romantically, you might not, you know, be where you want it to be. But also I feel like maybe romantically with yourself, Mm -hmm. things are changing. Because I've also like, I've also been thinking about since I've been spending a lot of alone time too, I've been thinking like, okay, there are ways where since I'm a hopeless romantic, you know, I'm like, there are ways where I can romance myself a little bit, you know, like I can make myself a cute little meal or I can take myself out on a little date, um, obviously safely because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, usually it just involves me taking like a little walk or something or like mm-hmm. having a little nice glass of wine and lighting a candle or like mm-hmm. taking a bath or, you know, just having like a little ritual for myself. So, um, I think like that's cool too. Just like romancing yourself. Like if you don't have a, a partner to be romantic with, um, do yeah. that for yourself. And I wrote that down the other day too. And I was like, plan a date for yourself and don't cancel. I love that. <laughs> Don't cancel it. And um, the, one of the best things that I've done so far during quarantine was I got this membership to this museum that's in Atlanta. And it's super safe. There's like timed tickets. 
masks are required obviously in a museum too like you're not touching anything you're just kind of walking around and everyone's just like in their own little bubbles but I take myself there once a week and I'm like I'm going on a date with myself I'll either like make a nice little coffee or I'll go to a local coffee shop and I like will not cancel on myself like I will reserve those tickets and I will go and I love it and I have so much fun and then I come home and I'm like that was so nice (laughs) but yeah it's just so important to take time for yourself even if you are super extroverted like there's really nothing like your own company and like you know yeah yeah I know um I always say this like to my friends but like nobody is going to be there for you like you and um I I just love that because it's like at the end of the day like you got your back and like you mentioned before like you are going to be your partner for life like people will come and go out of your life all the time um but you know you're gonna be stuck with you so might as well you know figure out more about yourself and and what you like about yourself too exactly exactly I also like I know we've talked a lot about like breaking the cycle and like as first generations that burden falls on our shoulders to break these toxic cycles that we have been speaking about um, that have been passed down from generations that have been that are directly tied to colonization as well because we know that our homeland of India and Pakistan have both been victims of colonization as well and there's such a big impact that, you know, still can be felt in our community because of that. Um, So what does breaking the cycle mean for you personally? And what does that look like in your life? Yeah, I think breaking the cycle just means to never become complacent, like never do things that just like it's hard to explain because it's obviously different for everybody and everyone's experiences are different and everyone's parents treat them differently. But for me specifically, you know, my parents have grown up, I'm the older sister. So I have a younger brother and I'm also the only girl on my dad's side of the family besides one of my little cousins, but um, she's nine years old. So like for 20 years, like I was always just the only girl on my whole dad's side of the family. So everyone really always just looked to me to be like, oh, I can't wait for her to get married, like throw this crazy wedding. Like, and it always was just like, I can't wait till she gets married. I can't wait till she gets married. And it's like, there's so much more to life than just getting married. Um, And they don't romanticize my brother's relationship, who he's been in a relationship for seven, eight years now, you know, they've never been like, I can't wait till Shazib gets married. Like they don't say that, you know, even though that's a very big part and very like real next step for him. Um, but for me, it was just always throwing me in the bucket of, okay, can't wait till she gets married. But like, what about can't wait till she graduates college? Can't wait till she gets her first job. Can't wait till she moves into an apartment. Can't wait till, you know, she does something wild and crazy and super successful. Like, what about all those other things that I'm also super passionate about, you know, and it's like, I generation changing that would be to have those conversations and change the mindset of women and girls are just not just supposed to get married. Like that's not all they're like, that's not all they're supposed to do. There's so much more, you know, and it's, and it's crazy. Cause like 
there's so much change that's happening and a lot more women in powerful positions and a lot more, you know, breaking the glass ceiling and all that kind of stuff. And it's like celebrating all those moments. Um, and even celebrating like moments, like I'm about to be at my, um, advertising agency for a year. Like, should I throw a party at my house for that? Maybe like, you know, the wedding that they've always wanted, maybe will just happen next month. Like, <laughs> and it'll be a marriage of me and my passions and my career, you know, and it's, it's changing those ideas of what success looks like for women because dads all day long are just praised for taking their kids to the park and holding their hand and taking care of the kids. That's their job too. Women are so, and moms are so unlikely to be like praised. They take them to the park. Like what's the difference? It's still a human being taking care of their child, right. you know, and they should be praised for that all the time. So shout out to all the moms, shout out to all the dads, but not shout out more to the dads than the moms, right. <laughs> you know? And we do often say like, oh, moms are superheroes, but like that's draining. Like the moms that are at home just taking care of the kids, that's a whole full-time job. Like that's draining. The moms that are working and taking care of the kids, that's two full-time jobs. That's draining. Like the dads that are doing the same, it's just so crazy the way that we as a society view what successful people look like and what people should be praised for and what they shouldn't. Like everyone should be praised for everything that they do you know, cause life is hard and you never know what it took to get there. Um, but I think just taking those moments and celebrating success in every way, shape or form, um, not just at a wedding. Mm. And I don't know, I think that's how you'll break that generational cycle of just grandparents wanting us to get married. Yeah. I love that so much. Like that was so beautiful. Um, I really like how you said like breaking the cycle for you means like expanding these very limited definitions that are imposed on us mm -hmm. and just like expanding that and being like, okay, you want me to get married? All right, cool. I'm going to get married to my job. Yeah. I'm going to get married to my success. I'm going to get married to myself and like find that self love and like altering those definitions um, and I feel like that kind of meets, that's kind of like a compromise too. It's like, okay, you want me to ha be in this commitment. I'm going to do that, but I'm going to be committed to myself in this moment, or I'm going to do this, you know? And yeah. so it's kind of like, I like how you mentioned that. And I, I always, I always tell my parents too, like, cause my mom's always like, I was pregnant at this time when you were this age, you know, and I'll be like, well, I'm pregnant too. I'm pregnant with my success. <laughs> so we got to therapy baby on the way like <laughs> exactly my mental health journey like that is a life that is breathing inside of me that needs care and attention so um yeah and I think like for me too on top of everything that you're speaking of everything that we've spoke of in this conversation so far I felt like speaks to breaking the cycle um but also for me like going to therapy was a huge thing where I, I literally felt the cycle shatter and break down. Like I, I feel that. Um, and so when I go to therapy, like I'm breaking the cycle of generations of messages that you can't take care of your mental health or 
you know, in our um, culture, there's a stigma of taking care of your mental health. Or like, I remember my mom telling me that my mom grew up with uh, severe anxiety, but like everyone around her, anytime she would like try to talk about it, people would be like, she would feel threatened that like they're going to lock her up in like an asylum or something, um, which is what they did to women. And uh, a lot of times still happens to a woman, unfortunately. So it's kind of like being able to like openly even talk about my mental health is me breaking the cycle, you know, and like breaking down that stigma of taking care of myself too. So yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, I love that. Absolutely. It's, there's just so many stereotypical societal bullshit that we deal with and it's like all of it's made up first of all like someone just made up these things for you to think that they're like rules and things but it's like none of that is real you know and that's something that I've also learned as I get older like everything's made up like everything is made up by like a rich white man Mm-hmm. at least like where are where we're at right now you know mm-hmm. and it's like you gotta you gotta open up your mind and like that third eye because it's like it's so real like I feel like especially recently we have learned so much of the stuff that we've dealt with for our whole lives like what have we been doing this whole time like what has been happening this whole time? We were just complacent this whole time. Like we just were like, oh yeah, that's just how it is. No, that's not how it is, nor how it should be, you know? So I think just being super observant too of what we're being complacent and what we're, um, what's that word? I'm trying to think. It's like uh, what we're being dismissive of and what we're allowing like some of our, you know, grandparents' tendencies, like their little microaggressions and their micro racism, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. And that's not funny. And that's not an excuse to be like, that's just how they are. They'll never change. No, like, no, the way to change it is to talk to them and tell them this is wrong. You are a racist. Yeah. <laughs> and, if, and if they say, no, I'm not a racist. Okay. Then stop saying it. It's like, so crazy and it's hard to have these conversations because there's a lot of like language barriers and whatever and it's like okay we got google translate like translate that you know talk to your parents talk to your siblings talk i i know a little bit of urdu and hindi and gujarati and gachi and stuff so if you need my help (laughs) (laughs) but it's like we cannot be dismissive also and it starts at home And I think that's the biggest thing. Like it starts right here at home. And if there is behavior that would not be accepted outside of your home, it should not be accepted in your home. Exactly. I love, I love that message. I love that you brought that up. I think that's super important and very relevant to today and the world that we are living in as well. Um, And, you know, it it does look, those conversations do start at home. And like, Mm -hmm. I always say, question everything. Just yeah. question everything. Even if it's something you've been doing every day for the past however many years, question that. Like reevaluate that. Like I do this thing every day. Is it still serving me? Why am I doing it? Where did it come from? You know, like just sitting down and reflecting on those things is also, I feel like, a part of breaking the cycle. Just questioning why we're doing the things we do 
and then seeing if they still serve us or if they don't. I think, like, I love how you brought that up too. I think that's also breaking the cycle too. Yeah, yeah. It really does all just start at home with you, you know? Because what happens at home, it leaves home too. We all go, we go to work, we go to different places, we experience different things. Like we take ourselves wherever we go. And it's like, if you're dealing with that at home, you are dealing with that somewhere else too, more than likely. So yeah, got to do what you can. (laughs) Yep. And like we said, like energy is contagious. So like the energy that you give off, you know, that will reflect onto another person maybe in your home or like in your workplace or something you know and like that energy can shift and you know can cause that butterfly effect as well so yeah definitely important yeah yeah. um thank you so much for this conversation i had such a lovely time talking about all these beautiful and important topics with you um, but I just want to ask you if you have any concluding thoughts that you want to leave with the listeners as well. Yeah, I think every day is a different day and everything is constantly changing and at people and minds and decisions and all the things are always moving, always shifting, always changing. And I think the most important thing you can do is be open to it. And I think that's what I want to leave you with. Um, But this was amazing. Thank you for letting me open up my heart to you (laughs) and listening to everything. I know I ramble often, but I hope this does hit home for some people, even if it's one or two, even if it's just us, who cares? But I think everyone is going through something similar at one point or another in their life. It's just the way the world works. But we got us, we take care of us. And that's, that's the way it goes. Yeah, those are some lovely wise words of wisdom. So thank you so much for leaving us with that. Um, And lastly, where can people find you? Um, If they want to look you up on social media, um, where can they do that best? Yeah, sure. So I'm on Instagram at digital.cash. And then I'm on Twitter too, digitalcash on Facebook, Kashisha Lee. If you need to email me, get Instagram me and I'll send you my email. (laughs) Um, But also just one last thing, donate if you can to mutual aid funds. Government's not out here helping us right now. Hopefully they'll get it together, but people need help right now. So if there's mutual aid in your city that you can donate to, please do it. Um, we like, we take care of us, which is the most important thing, you know, and it's, we just got to have each other's backs through all these times and hard times and the good times and everything. So yeah. Yeah. But always open to chatting. So let me know. I'm here if you need me. Yep. Everyone go show Kashish some love. And um, I will also put all of that info in the episode notes. Um, We can also gather some mutual aid funds that um, are in Kashisha's area as well. Um, Because I know a lot of listeners might, you know, be from where you are at too. So we'll put all of that in the episode notes. Um, But thank you so much, Kashish, again, for being here. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your energy. 
I appreciate your emotions and how much heart, like heart you put into this conversation. Um, so yeah, thank you. I'm just so grateful that we got to talk about this today. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> I can't wait to hug you again. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> As always, I thank you for listening and staying tuned. If you like this episode, feel free to share it with the people in your life. I would also really appreciate if you would subscribe to Synergy Cast on whatever podcast platform you prefer, give it a five-star rating, and leave a good review mentioning what you like about the podcast. You can also follow the Instagram for updates at SynergyCast, and I have also included that in the episode notes. I have now a new feature, which is a voice memo feature, which I am very excited about. So if you would like to send in your thoughts and your feelings or your personal experiences, feel free to record a voice memo and send it my way. I would love to include your voice in the next podcast episodes. Lastly, if you are willing and able, there is another new feature where you can donate however much money you want to help support Synergy Cast financially. If you do choose to donate, the money would help me pay for several things. It would help me pay for myself, my own energies, my own efforts, and also the money would help pay my future guests especially people of color, for their time, since I believe it is very important to compensate people of color, especially for their time and energy, since many BIPOC, which stands for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color, have a history of being taken advantage of and underpaid or not paid at all for their efforts. So any and all ways you choose to support would be very much appreciated. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more episodes coming your way soon. Stay safe, everyone, and take care.